Welcome to the Great Lake Sports Network Michigan State Podcast. I'm Tyler Hayward. Be sure to check us out on Anchor and Spotify. Uh, check out the Facebook page as well. Facebook page, still under trouble with the Facebook are currently content from all of our Brian Cumber and Mike Sterner have a lot going on this week. Third episode of Hard Knocks Lions wrapped up their uh, preseason. It's coming in the next day or so. So be sure to check out the page for Wednesday. I have Thomas Wright, State Safety, coming on talk about MSU season and uh, what the outlooks are as far as that goes. About that today. Um, also, the Cover Three podcast by Flipside Sports is going to be on there as well. Speaking of, Moss is with me to talk a little bit about the big step in uh, escape down from the NFL, uh, something that he loves. We'll talk about the Big Ten power rankings. Nate, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Reeling from my most sure thing preseason pick of the Buffalo Bills winning after winning 10 straight and then laying a goose egg at 21 nothing loss. But uh, other than that, I'm, I'm ready to go for some pro football. Figure I'll warm it up with the JV uh, with you today here. And so uh, what we're going to do, we're going to go through our power rankings, uh, 14 through 1. Um Nate, I'm going to go ahead and start because this kind of got dropped in your lap at the last minute. So, how's that sound? Yeah, just Ruck- Rutgers is fine. <laughs> I'm not going to go with Rutgers yet. I'm going to go with fine. Nebraska. Mm. You saw what happened. I had Northwestern low enough to where a choke job like that shows me that nothing has changed, even though you got rid of the last Martinez brother in that uh, corny state. And so, I'm, I'm putting Nebraska there. Uh, Scott Frost, let's say he's melting on the hot seat. Yeah, I, I think Scott Frost came in with the thought that maybe maybe in Nebraska had the ability to be the Nebraska of old when he was there, the, the recruiting destination, all this, but it, it's not working out. I remember I went, I went to a Michigan game. Uh, I don't even remember what year. Rashawn Gary was a freshman. And I remember, I think it was Scott Frost's first or second year, I thought, wow, that secondary's got a lot of work to do, but Nebraska should be good in a few years. Well, I watched them against Northwestern uh, in Ireland, and that same secondary looks exactly the same as it did five years ago. Nothing's gotten better. They just, I, I, it's, a, it's a punchline that they don't have a Martinez brother, but all, they, all they've been able to lean on is a Martinez brother. Now they don't even have that. It's not looking good for the Huskers. Yeah, and even then, the Martinez brother would keep them in the games, but then he'd lose it. And that's the thing is everyone was talking like, oh, they got rid of the turnover problem by uh, dropping the Martinez name off uh, the quarterback position. And it's like, yeah, but he also kept you in games. Doesn't matter which one. Kept you in those games until his turnovers. And so... I heard if you trade bad quarterbacks to the Rams, they do really good, though. (laughs) Um, So... I'm going to take it you had Rutgers at 14. Sure. That's all, my... all those basketball ones. Lovey Smith and, yep, they're all down there. Lovey Smith, no longer at Illinois. You know what I mean. 
Rutgers at 13 for me. Uh, the, Bears, the Bears or the Illini, it doesn't matter. They're down there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rutgers at 13 for me. Noah Vidrell, uh, only returner who was really worth anything. Uh, you know, you lose Isaiah Pacheco, who I thought was probably among the most underrated backs in the country. Uh, this team is, I mean, look, we're being honest. The whole first, I'll say nine, I'll say the first, or 14 through 10, just not very good this conference period. No, no, and I don't know any players on any of them, so we should move on. <laughs> See, this is why I tried to get the guy who's uh, helping me cover college football in the state to do this. Oh, uh, number 12, IU. Yeah, see, see, I don't, number 12, I, 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 I like I've, I've got IU just because, yeah, that's the thing is I like him. And so I'm going to give him a little bit of a nod over, let's say, in Nebraska, because I've seen IU at the bottom of some of these rankings. I've seen Nebraska there. Uh, Rutgers there. I've seen them all kind of in that vicinity. But I think Tom Allen's a good coach, and so that's why I'm kind of giving them that little bit of a push from uh, the very bottom of this. Yeah, they defend hard. They may not defend good, but they defend hard, and that may be enough to score an upset or two. Um, you saw hard. last year, they almost upset. Yeah, they, they almost upset Michigan State and need a Cal Halliday need a Cal Halliday uh, pick six to change the game. So I think that I think that's a team that can uh, su- surprise people, but ultimately look they're not that good. So um, moving on, number eleven, I've got the only team with a win, or one of the two teams with a win, in the Big Ten, and that's Northwestern. I don't think they're that good. Um, obviously, they got helped out by a massive blunder, um, momentum changer, where you know they got the ball. I mean, uh, plus territory, and then you know you get a stop, you get the ball back, and hey, guess what? Here you go. I this is a team that Northwestern's you know Pat Fitzgerald normally has. Yeah, they normally have an up year and then a down year. Last year was a down year for the Wildcats. This year, I'm still thinking is going to be a down year. It's just not going to be as bad as it was. The problem is, especially with NIL flowing out there, Northwestern just can't keep up with the big boys. Yeah, and they don't they don't play well against the teams that they should be. They, they're yeah. no, they, Which, they notoriously okay. go on the road as an underdog and win, and then come home as a favorite and get beat. problem because you've got to win those games that you're favored in and there's not many of them for northwestern uh moving on number 10 i've got yeah, moving on i've got uh another one in no team i've got illinois uh is back in the big 10 started off with a really good win <laughs> started off with a promising win at least as far as the score goes i'm not Sold on Illinois being any good. I think, I think Michigan State took their second best weapon outside of the running back in uh, the tight end Daniel Barker. I, I just don't think that Illinois is going to be much of anything. They're going to be one of those enigmas that you're going to be like, oh, I, I totally forgot they're in the Big Ten because they're not as bad as them. 
Nebraska and they don't have the uh, hype of a certain coach like Nebraska has, um, even though Bielema's had some time in this conference before. They had love. But, yeah, they're not those bottom feeders, but they're not – they're not good either. And I just don't see them – They're not Rutgers, but they're not good. Like Rutgers is yeah, the bottom. Like, pretty much. They're not bottom feet. They're not Rutgers, but they're not good. Yeah. Uh, number nine is where things start to get a little interesting. Like, if I was breaking this off in tiers, my next tier would be. And I'm starting it with a team that you know, some people have seen high, as high as five and six. Mm-hmm. But I've got Maryland in spot right now. Mm hmm. Yeah, down with those helmets. You ain't impressing me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Baby Tua is impressive as far as the quarterbacks in the Big Ten go. So I think he's one of the top five in the league. But I just don't see them doing much. You know, I like Loxley as a coach. But this is a team that just doesn't have – they just don't have the juice. They don't have – Whatever it is that they need to remove themselves from the identity, even though their basketball team has been brutal lately, of a basketball school. Yeah, crab cakes and football, baby. Dynamite. Not. <laughs> crab cakes and mid-level basketball. That's what Maryland does. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, number eight, I've got Minnesota. Um, returning a really good defense. Returning Mawa Ibrahim, who you know, the most probably the most underrated back in the country coming into this year because of his injury. I think Tanner Morgan's back for his 27th season. Uh, this is a team that they, even though I have them at eight right now, they could win the West. They could, and, it, and it's, I mean, you know how I am when it comes to coaching. I think PJ Flex one of the better ones in the country, and I think, I think when in, at the college level, getting your guys ready for big games is a big skill to have. And I don't think there's many that are better than PJ Flex, so they're always up there for me. Yeah, uh, number seven, I've got Iowa. You, you know what it is with Iowa; they force a billion turnovers. A really good defense. Um, it's the same thing that it always is with them. I mean, that's tight end. Yep, and that's uh, I mean, that's their bread and butter. That's what they are. Um, I know they went to the Big Ten Championship last year before they got throttled by U of M. I, they're just not good enough to consistently be at that level. And Kirk Ferentz, uh, I talked about Pat Pat Fitzgerald doing year on year off. Kirk Ferentz, uh, you know, he does one year on, three years off. His off only goes down to about the middle of the Big Ten, though, and uh, that's where I got him. Yeah, Iowa. Iowa's a perennial. They can beat you, but they're also never. They're never a th- much of a threat to beat the Michigans or Ohio States. They're, they're they they hang out in that twenty to twenty five range, maybe fifteen, but they they on paper they just don't have what it takes to compete with the big dogs. Number six, I, I'm I'm high on this team. I'm high on the quarterback. Yeah, you are. I'm high on the Purdue Boilermakers. I love Aiden O'Connell. I think he's the second best quarterback in the Big Ten. And they, I think even though they're losing David Bell, 
I think uh, Purdue's still going to turn out that one receiver you just sitting there and you're like, wow, where did he come from? And they've got the ability to do that with O'Connell under center. Yeah, and they, they've done that a couple times now. David Bell, Rondale Moore, they, they seem to have these playmakers that they come out of Purdue and you you can just tell that they're going to be able to play at the next level. And I don't, I don't know where they get them or what this pipeline is, but – the, uh, the middle of the first, early second round of the NFL draft seems to appreciate it pretty much. Yeah, and like I said, I, I think O'Connell second-best QB in the Big Ten. Maybe I'm potentially a little bit biased because I saw what he did to Michigan State secondary, who was the worst in the Big Ten uh, who's, last Who's first? <laughs> you got O'Connell behind who? Stroud? Yep. Ahead of both Michigan guys? Yep. Hmm. Well, we'll, we'll kind of talk about where I have the quarterbacks here as we move up, as we move forward with this. Uh, but uh, we do have probably the oldest quarterback in the country at five for me. I've got Penn State, Sean Clifford. Uh, <laughs> I, I, Penn State's one of those teams. Look, they they recruit well. They're coached poorly. Uh, they always have a quarterback who's good but not good enough to get done what the expectation for the historic Nittany Lion team is. Um, I've, I've got Penn State at five. Uh, like I said, good, just not good enough. Yeah, and James Franklin, I don't have much issue with James Franklin. I think he's a good recruiter. I think that he – I think that Penn State – there's a good chance that Penn State would be in a lot worse shape after what happened with Jerry Sandusky if it weren't for people like James Franklin. So yeah. uh, I don't I don't ride him too hard. Um, I know Bill O'Brien had a lot to do with its comeback too. So every every little Texans joke I can stick in there. I think to myself, hey, he did he did better than I thought at Penn State. But um, yeah, Franklin, as far as X's and O's go, not so much. As far as getting people to play for him and recruiting, yeah, he's pretty good. He also I'll give James Franklin credit. He uses his running backs the way NFL teams should use his running backs. He uses Barkley and Miles Sanders the way the Eagles and the Giants should have used Barkley and Sanders. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's got that. He's got he's he's got the talent to win. Um, as far as what he recruits, as far as actual coaching talent, let's just say he leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, Hackenberg can only take you so far, man. <laughs> number four, I've got Wisconsin. I don't – I mean, that – they Rinse and repeat. But, yeah, let's go Dennis Green. They are who we thought they were. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're trying to spread it out. They just – they're just a, too far behind in regard to uh, that type of an offense goes. Jim Leonard, I think – maybe the best defensive coordinator in the country. Uh, I think their defense is going to take a step back just because of the talent. I think their offensive lines it's take a step back because of the same. And when you lose those, not lose those, but when those things fall off just a little bit at a school like Wisconsin, that's a lot of trouble because that's what you do well. Like you said, rinse and repeat. Yeah, they Wisconsin – Their next bell cow back to come through, and, and I don't. I don't think we've seen it yet, have we? 
Uh, they, they've got a pretty good backfield right now. Um, you know, it allowed uh, Michigan State to bogart uh, Jalen Berger, but they they've got they've got some decent backs. It's just with when the line takes a step back, I want to know if that production's still going to be the same. You know what I mean? Right, right. And number number three, this oh. is where this is where my controversy, quote unquote, supposedly starts. I've got the defending Big Ten champions. You address them yeah. correctly. That's good. Yeah. It, look, it, if if Harbaugh said Cade McNamara is my starting quarterback for game one, and, you know, full stop, he doesn't say anything else after that, which he did on Saturday of all days. Um, if he, he sat there and said, Cade McNamara is my number one quarterback. He's my quarterback for game one. I'd have Michigan at number two. I'm not going to lie to you. I think Caden McNamara is the fourth best quarterback in the Big Ten. Um, you know, that's for you, Nate, because you're team. No, I think he's the best on his team. I think the potential of McCarthy's there, but at the same time, you can't sit there and do this quarterback. You can't run two quarterback systems. It's not what it is. I mean, go look at Kirk Cousins. Cousins was a no, great. He was a great college football player, um, top ten in passing in the NFL year in year out. And you look at his ability to move the ball when Keith Nickel was under center at Michigan State as well. Not that good. You look at the Connor Cook situation. He could not move the ball when he was swapping out with Tyler O'Connor and Andrew Maxwell and Damian Terry to some extent. He couldn't move it. You look at Brady and Henson. You look at McCarthy and McNamara last year at any slancing where McCarthy fumbled the ball despite the fact McNamara was doing what he needed to do to win that game. And uh, yeah. set up, he set up Kenneth Walker's fifth touchdown. You cannot switch these quarterbacks. I don't care which one you pick. I think McNamara is a better option. If he picked McCarthy, you know, you and I were talking before we went on briefly. If he picked McCarthy, it'd probably be a coin flip between them and uh, who's number two on my uh, list. But that's not the case. Uh, in fact, he did one worse and said, oh, I still don't freaking know, even though he's been trying to spoon feed this job to McCarthy for the last two seasons. Well, it I, think be- I think he's afraid of another McCaffrey situation, to be honest. Yeah, it should be McNamara's. You factor that in with the fact you lost Hassan Haskins, who I ranted and raved about last year on the show, or the variation of it, the trouble. He's, the a walking, he's a walking first down. Yeah, you you factor that in with losing that, and then you also lost the uh, you also lost your top four defenders in Ojabo Hutchinson, Ross, and Hill. I don't know if your defense is going to be able to keep up and do what they need to do. You're going to win a lot of games by shootouts because the offense is going to be so dynamic, whichever quarterback is in there. But I, just given the circumstances around that position and the question marks that I have for you on defense, uh, still love Turner. I think he may be uh, first-team All-Big Ten this year. There, there's still some uh, questions that I need answered from Michigan. And – well, you got. I mean, the que- I don't, question is, starts at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of them. I think you can go wrong by sticking McCarthy in there for a play or two here and there. 
I think yeah. I, I think if you pick McCarthy, let him play the game. Like, don't bring him in there cold off the sideline to fumble. Like, like yeah, he's a weapon, but but when everybody else is in the middle of a game, I mean, already in it, already been hit, this and this, it changes things, and especially for a younger kid. I mean, that's that's not uh, Brian Hoyer or somebody that's been in the league for ten years going out there. Like, that's that's a kid. And getting hit at the Big Ten level is it, it can wake you up a little bit. Yep, and so that's why I got him at three. Like I said, if he if he came out and said McNamara's uh, the guy, I'd have him at two, but that's not the case right now. Uh, number two, I do have the third best quarterback in the Big Ten, and that's Peyton Thorne. JJ McCarthy. <laughs> that's Peyton Thorne. That's Michigan State. Uh, yes, I know they lost Kenneth Walker. They have the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year from two years ago and Jarek Broussard coming in. Uh, the offensive line, oh, well, they lost a lot. They still have a bunch of guys who started over 10 games. Uh, the secondary should be better just with the addition of Amir Speed. You can go back and you can listen to my uh, defensive back preview when I did the positional breakdowns for MSU. Uh, I think uh, the schematic change from a uh, 4-2-5 to more of an attacking 4-3 front is uh, – going to make life a little bit easier on the defensive backs as well um i think they have versatility at the linebacker position with winman and snow i think that this is a team that actually collectively their record may not show it because of the schedule they may be better than last year's michigan state team yeah i don't think so I think uh, I think you need something coming out of that backfield that even resembles number nine or otherwise. There's no way that guy. I don't. I don't think we give enough credit to how much he carried that team last year. Yeah, and um, one of the things is is I think the big plays that you saw from Michigan State. I think that's going to dissipate obviously yeah. because the box isn't going to be loaded. Yeah, they came off play action a lot. Yeah, and. So you're going to have to control the ball. You're going to have to do those, the little things that, I mean, ultimately they may, I mean, you still have the receivers and Coleman and Mosley and uh, Jaden Reed that can all hit the deep ball. that can all hit those home runs occasionally, but I think you're going to have to control the ball. And I think a lot of the Peyton Thorne interceptions were overblown at the end of the year. A lot of weird bounces, weird deflections, and I think he's going to be able to control it. Um, And I think that's going to help out the defense as well, especially when you have, I think, uh, the best interior defensive line maybe in college football um, with uh, Slade and Barrow. So I think all of it is set up for Michigan State to be a better team. Like I said, the record may not show it, but, I mean, I've got them at number two right now until I'm proof and – until I'm proven wrong, like I said, you still return Thorne, you still return Reed, uh, Jacob Slade wreaking havoc up the middle. Maybe, according to the PFF, the highly rated, the most highly rated defensive tackle in the country. The, they can do some things. They're not going to be able to do the same type of things they did last year. And so I think this is also kind of a prove-it year for Mel Tucker in regard to, hey, can you make those adjustments? Who won Pac-12 Player of the Year? Eric Broussard. How is it not Amon Ross St. Brown? This just blows my mind. <laughs> it was the COVID year. Things were kind of funky then. Fair enough. I was gonna, because I was going to say, how is it not Penny Sewell? But 
<laughs> yeah, those offensive linemen get no love. None. I see you. I see you, Panay. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> All right, why don't you get to the big bad? Uh, what should be everybody's number one? I'm going to go with Ohio State. <gasps> yeah. Face. Yeah. CJ Stroud, Heisman candidate. Travion Henderson, Heisman candidate. JSN, he's going to be Big Ten receiver of the year. Maybe, uh, maybe the Belitnikoff Award winner. I'm telling yeah, you right now. This was kind of a no-brainer. Last year, I, I hadn't watched a ton of Big Ten football last season. Everyone talked about Wilson and Olave. I thought Olave was better than Wilson. But when I watched them play Michigan, Smith and Jigba was better than both of them. Yeah, he, he was the best receiver on that team last year. And he's... This is like a Waddle, Devontae Smith thing. Like, like Devontae Smith had a huge year. But if Waddle didn't get hurt, he wouldn't have. Like, Smith and Jigba might be the best of that bunch. Yeah, and like I said, he may be the best in the country. And, oh, who's replacing Alave and Wilson, though? Oh, yeah, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. So, I, I think Ohio he State's going to be <laughs> – So, I think Ohio State's going to be just fine. And the thing that killed them last year when they played Michigan, which is that bruising back on a competitive team – isn't there anymore. I love Michigan's weapons and think that offensively, you know, that you can do a lot of things with guys like Edwards and Quorum out of the backfield. You can't do what you did with Hassan Haskins, and that's how you have to beat Ohio State. I don't think there's a team in the Big Ten that can do that. Um, Ohio State's defense still may not be any good. Notre Dame could still hang 30 on them this weekend. That being said, I think their offense is good enough to um, overpower the rest of the conference. Yeah, and you, the thing you didn't mention is the fact that C.J. Stroud, Ohio State could have won a national championship if he had a lick more of experience. Like, you could tell he had it. He just didn't. He hadn't been there before. Now he's been there before. Yeah, he, I mean, you still put 27 up on a really good defense. You, <laughs> you, you were pinned back really early in – a high stakes game on the road, which is the only game that Michigan fans in that stadium tend to get excited for. Because I've been at, I've been uh, at the Big House during a Michigan State game, and I know everyone's going to say, "Oh, Sparty." Well, guess what? I wasn't that impressed. No. As far as the noise to person ratio. It just wasn't there for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and just oh. cue the cue the people saying, "Oh, it's open. It's going upward." No, it's not. It's not that it's going upward. It's the fact that this program, as much as I've loved them my entire life, this whole program holds themselves to a standard that they haven't been at since 1997, and they expect to score touchdowns when they when they just don't. Like like we should be cheering, like Denard Robinson's out there. Because that's that's what it's been more than it's been the Woodsons. I mean, until last yeah. year, yeah, last year was exciting, but Michigan Michigan fans aren't aren't intimidating by any means. No, and so th- that's how I have them. Uh, any, any big changes you would make? Uh, yeah, right at the top, I think Michigan. I think Michigan on paper is a better team than Michigan State. And much like I think Michigan was a bit of a fluke beating Ohio State last year, I don't think Sparty beats Michigan this year. So I, I, I like Ohio State. I like Michigan, and then 
the 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 combination of Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa all falling in after that. Hmm. Poor Aiden O'Connell. Do gets no respect <laughs> at Purdue, but uh, yeah, that that does it for our uh, really sports. If team. Purdue would at least try to tackle somebody, we could have a conversation. <laughs> uh, they might as well be in the Big Twelve. Yeah, losing Carl Loftus is going to be big too. You know, that's something that we didn't really mention uh, off the edge. So, we'll uh, yeah, that does it for us on the Great Lake Sports Network Michigan State podcast. Like I said. Uh, and we were kind of mixing things up a little bit, um, trying to talk more uh, Big Ten as far as that goes. Nate Moss from the Cover 3 podcast by Flipside Sports will be on this uh, the yeah. social media pages for uh, the Great Lakes Sports Network. And that is starting when's the first episode of that, yeah, just so I can clear my schedule. Probably, it's got to be next week. Before Thursday, because I need Thursday. (laughs) All right, yeah, so be sure to check us out on that. Nate, what's the one thing you always tell me about that show as far as uh, how effective we are? Uh, They say say if you hit 55% in Vegas, you can be profitable, you can be a professional gambler. We are closer to 62 years in a row. I don't like to say it out loud, but um, a third year would be mighty, mighty impressive. Yeah, that's a feather in the cap, you know. No, maybe. Unless Tyler picks the Titans, don't follow him on the Titans. <laughs> well, they, were your, yeah. they were your kryptonite last year. Yeah, I, I want, I want to know what our percentage would have been if I just avoided Tennessee altogether. Man, you picked with them and they burned you. You pick against them and they show up. You know what? I had this like really big, like man crush on AJ Brown. And, you know, I thought it was one of the top five. I think it's one of the top five receivers in the league. He's not there anymore, so I'm going to avoid that altogether. So you're you know, going I Eagles with Juan, huh? No, no. I, I trust Ryan Tannehill a lot more than Jay with Hurts. So, <laughs> well, the Eagles so, got the Lions, though. Yeah. Well, what's the spread on that right now? Like three and a half, four and a yep. half? Yeah. Add Detroit. Stay tuned. Uh, maybe it wasn't a Tennessee train. Maybe it was an AJ Brown train, but we'll find out on uh, the first episode of the Cover 3 podcast. So uh, be sure to, like I said, stay on uh, the Facebook page, even though it's titled incorrectly for the time being, uh, to check that out. Like I said, Ryan and Mike, they got a lot to go over this week with Hard Knocks, the last preseason game, and a bunch of roster cuts coming. Um, and college football kicks off. This weekend, so Jeremy should have some stuff. Uh, like I said, Thomas Wright, former Michigan State safety, is going to be on the podcast on Wednesday. Thursday, I'll be dropping my Western Michigan preview, which, by the way, here's the storyline you're going to hear a lot this week. Peyton Thorne's dad is the offensive coordinator at Western Michigan. Guess what? I already talked about it. So. <laughs> but, uh, Nate, PJ thanks for coming on. on. <laughs> Nate, thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, helping me uh, bounce us off you uh, with our inaugural Big Ten Power Rankings. Might be something we do weekly. Uh, we'll see uh, the type of response that we get. If you disagree, comment on the Facebook page. Uh, like I said, we got an Instagram as well. You can go there. Oh, and also remember, real football is played on Sundays. Sure. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for killing, like, I don't know, like, 
a third of uh, what we cover here on uh, the Great Lakes Sports Network. At least it's anyway. not the Tigers. <laughs> and thanks for killing half of it. Right. But uh, this, this is the Great Lakes Sports Network Michigan State Podcast for Name Off. I'm Tyler Haywood.